Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Noll, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Alan Draper, serial entrepreneur, owns 26 different companies from Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here. So I'd like to hear a little, how do you end up, I mean, you're, you're a lawyer like me, mm-hmm. um, and you have, you have your uh, partner in a law firm, but like me, you don't practice law anymore. Mm-hmm. How did you become a serial entrepreneur? I think for, for me, you know, being a serial entrepreneur is, it says more about uh, who I am than what I do. It's more about my personality than what my day-to-day looks like. I'm the type of person I'm, I'm such an easy pitch, right? People, <laughs> I, I'm an angel investor also. So I'm, I'm uh, actively looking for new companies to invest in. And um, I just love ideas. I love building stuff. And I, I have a little bit of that, you know, uh, dis- distracted personality that a lot of entrepreneurs have where a new idea comes along and I want to pursue it. The difference is um, for several years, my first non-real estate business was a pest control company of all things. And I quit the law to start a pest pest control company in Detroit, Michigan. I was living in Phoenix at the time, working for a mid-sized firm, quit quit my law job, uh, took my small kids and family, moved to Detroit. And a lot of people thought I was crazy. And there were moments where (laughs) I did too. But for a couple of years, I think my saving grace was that was my end all be all. And I, um, with some partners, built that company up so that it would sustain itself, both in terms of operations and financially. And from there, I was able to parlay that into some other businesses and just been doing that since. So you, you, you I, Detroit's a bit of a culture change from Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I mean, we, we handpicked that market. So we, and looking back on it, it was my brother's idea. It wasn't my idea for that specific market. We were looking at uh, Pittsburgh, I think maybe Buffalo. There were a few of them that we were looking at and uh, we liked that market. And it was one of the best things that we did. And uh, a lot of times in business, if you're moving your feet, and you're trying something, you get uh, a little bit of luck dashed in there. And I like to say the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? I think, you know, somebody famous said that at one point, but I think it's very true. And, you know, starting in Detroit and making that sacrifice of a well-paying, stable, you know, reputable job to, I, I was literally white collar to blue collar one day to the next. Um, I was just a very highly educated bug guy is what I became. <laughs> well, it's interesting to me. I mean, pest control, when I think of pest control, I think it it, it as a seasonal job in a climate like Detroit. Is, it, were you able to run it all year long, even in the depth of winter? Yeah, we do. 
Yep. So we customize our services so that it's a little different because um, critters are still, they don't all die. They right. And and the winter can be, you know, a little more difficult because they're trying to find warmth. Right. So, mm-hmm. huh. so what other businesses are you engaged in? So I am, um, I have a digital marketing agency called Lizard SEM uh, based in Charlotte, North Carolina that I started. Um and that company's scaling like crazy. I think we're, you know, 15, 16 employees. Uh, we're distributed, so we don't have a central uh, office. And so we have people in Canada. We have a developer in the Middle East. And um, we're just, we're, we are growing faster than we uh, have capacity right now. So I have a digital marketing agency. I'm developing a software called Rana Hub um, for the service industry. Um, I own a law firm. Um, I own several real estate holding companies. I have two podcasts. I, um, um, what else am I, I'm forgetting. So I, I own a product company with some patents that was actually just on Shark Tank a week ago. Um, how, how do you manage all of this? I have really good partners. So in each of these businesses, you have other partners and they're more the managing people that handle the day-to-day operations. In in some of the cases, in others, the pet, you know the pest control company, for example, we have just the leadership team handles it. So, you know, with with the partners that I have, I have seventeen business partners. In a lot of cases, they handle the day to day with some of the things that we're doing. So, what's a what's a typical day look like for you with all of these different things going on? You know, my days are very different from day to day, but similar from week to week. And, you know, for example, today I'm creating content. Um, We're developing a course. And so we were making videos and that's very typical for a Thursday morning for me is making videos. Um, But this afternoon um, I I have a pitch uh, scheduled. Um, You know, I have a meeting with my digital marketing agency so it's really about getting stuff on my calendar that I do routinely and then, you know, having gaps where I can, you know, make adjustments. Wow. So what is it? I mean, obviously this is, you have a pretty unique life. What is it, what is it uh, about your, what you do that you like the most? It sounds like it's the variety of it all. I love the variety. I love building companies. I am an entrepreneur and I love the startup phase. So I'm an angel investor. Also, another thing that I do um, um, and things keep coming to me. I own a chunk of a credit monitoring company, uh, but um, I love early stage companies. I love the beginning. And I remember my first startup, I hated that phase. I was broke. I was trying to figure things out. I couldn't wait to get out of that stage. And once it passed for my first startup, I realized, no, that was the good stuff. That was the good stuff because that's when I was growing, when my personal growth was going through the roof. And so I love early stage um, companies. And um, I think my life, one of the greatest blessings that I have is control over my time. I, I don't have to do any of this. And when I got to the point in my life where financially I wasn't 
burdened or I had to do one thing or another, I became really, really good at my job because I dug down and I found out why I was doing it. And I could, you know, move to Hawaii and spend the rest of my life on a beach. And I'm relatively young to be able to do that. And I'm, I'm blessed. I'm thankful for that. But that's not how I want to live my life. I want to live my life uh, building companies and spending time with my family. But it sounds like you get a big thrill out of the excitement of starting a company. And then once it's gotten going and it's starting mm-hmm. to be successful, you hand it off to your partners and you go build another one because you like the you like the creativity and the excitement of the new idea. That's exactly right. I actually had a goal for this year to not start any companies where I was an active member. And it's, you know, it's beginning of February, middle of February, we're getting towards, and I've already like failed in that goal. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about, tell me about leadership. I mean, are you, are you the active leader in these or are you sort of co-leading these with other people? So they're all different. Some of them I'm, I'm more involved uh, than others. None of them am I really involved in day-to-day aspects, uh, Mm -hmm. hiring employees, um, things like that. Um, some of them, the credit monitoring company, I haven't seen financials for four months. I haven't had a conversation pest control company. I help with, uh, vision and hiring, uh, members of the executive team talking about growth. Um, so my roles are different, but in terms of like my leadership style, one thing that it, and it fits more my personality than anything, I didn't really have to become like this, but I am not a micromanager. I don't have the time and that's not my personality. And what happens when you allow people to do what they're passionate at, uh, they're passionate for and what they're good at is you find people that are better than you at doing that. But, but as owners and entrepreneurs, we look at it like, hey, I don't want somebody else to raise my kid. And I certainly don't. In, in the actual meaning of that term, but it, when it's when it's my company, man, some of the some of the best things that we can do, some of the best decisions that we can make is getting out of people's way and letting them do it. And if they are not an autonomous, self-motivated individual and you have that leadership structure, then they will not survive. And that has happened with me quite a bit. So the so the secret is finding really high quality people who are self motivated and can take responsibility, be accountable, and do the job, and let them go. Let them go. So and the way that you do that, the way that you find those individuals is you you pitch them a vision. You don't talk about. I'll talk about pay when they ask me, but the people that that I'm around, um, they they believe what I believe. They, they want to share in what I'm trying to accomplish by building these companies and the personal growth that they experience. Now, that being said, people have to be paid a fair wage and they have to um, be able to meet their needs. But studies have shown that once people make a certain amount of money, additional money and bonuses doesn't motivate them. Something else is at play. $70,000. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's probably a little more than that, but I mean, the studies show that the marginal uh, the marginal increase in compensation after seventy eight thousand dollars versus happiness is is there's no correlation. It becomes and the, the interesting thing is that as humans, we think that we're really bad predictors of what brings us success. Initially, our knee jerk reaction is yeah, more money, more happiness, and but study after study show that that's just not the case. There are a lot of 
billionaires and centimillionaires out there who are absolutely miserable in their lives, even though yep. they've got gobsmacked money. Yep. So what 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 is it that brings you happiness in your life? You know, I think uh, I touched on it a little earlier, but the personal development, I like to be challenged. I like being uncomfortable. I do things that um, that make me uncomfortable. And it's funny because even though I go into those situations purposely, I, I immediately try to get out of them until I get my mind right. So I do, I expose my body to extreme heat and cold at least once a day. So today I have a five minute cold plunge in about an hour where I get into icy cold water. And even though I've planned for it and I know it's going to happen when I get into that water, I immediately want to jump out, but I give myself. And what's funny is the water is so cold that it's not bad after a minute because your body goes numb. Um, and and so I like those moments because I can mentally say, hey, no, 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 no. This is what you you bargained for. This is this is when you get better. And so it's not just with my body, although, you know, I'm, I go to the gym regularly. I try to push my physical limits. It's, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with some really serious and sensitive uh, partnership issues right now, the last the last day or so. And it's I immediately want to remove myself from it. I want to quit and I want to run. And and then when I have a couple of moments to myself where I'm like, hey, this is what I signed up for. This is what's going to make me a better person in three, five, 10 years. It's going to make me a better father. It's going to make me a better business partner. And so I look for and I cherish those moments in all aspects of my life, my spiritual life with my family. You know, if my kids are just really being terrible. I, I try to cherish those moments and understand that that is the good stuff in life. So you have a really interesting perspective on what most people would consider to be very challenging stuff. You embrace the challenge. You embrace the suck. <laughs> exactly. So I, and I don't always, I'm not a hundred percent at it and right. I'm, I'm always looking for new ways to, to challenge myself. But the, the idea is that um, when, and I've telling my wife this the other day, because we feel really comfortable in life. And um, that's why we started doing some, you know, exposures to to heat and cold. It's like, hey, we're, we, let's make ourselves uncomfortable. Because if we don't make ourselves uncomfortable, the world is going to find a way to to bring that to us. So learning how to, ha- learning how to persevere and be resilient in the face of discomfort, both mental, physical, and maybe even spiritual discomfort is a is a really powerful tool that you've developed. One hundred percent. How do you how do you approach conflict in your business? You know, I'm I'm still I'm still figuring that out. I I honestly I'm I'm you know been doing this for over a decade, and so I'm trying to get to the point where deep breaths are involved, especially in those first few moments where it's like listen only. And I'm not one hundred percent at this, and my partners will tell you that a lot of times I'm knee jerk reactioning or, you know, having a knee jerk reaction to something. And, um, but if, if you hear something, you know, blood pressure, heart rate goes through the roof. That is a great sign that you need to take a a few moments and listen. And I've learned, especially with what's going on with my partners right now, that a lot of it just comes down to that. It's like, if we could listen to each other and we could talk to each other, because when, as entrepreneurs, when something happens, we feel like we're, you know, we're the, the, the leader of the army and we need to act like, you know, we're calm, cool, collect, we have all the answers. And, and it's like, it's, 
I think some of those things are true at times, but what serves us is a few moments of contemplation and, and realizing that nine times out of 10 or 99 out of a hundred, it's not as bad as our flight our, as our fight, fight or flight mentality is, is telling us. Exactly. So what kind of listening strategies do you use, especially when things are a little intense? So, I mean, I use, so when, when I first encounter something, I try to give myself 15, 20 seconds of uh, a breathing practice that, that I do where I just, I'll breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth. And I'll just, just try to keep a couple of, you know, deep breaths. And so, and I'm on the phone and it creates some pretty awkward pauses. Um, and so I'll, I'll let people know, Hey, I, I just need a couple of moments to, to think this through. Just give me a second. And I think it's the breathing. Cause once, once I start going through some of those exercises, my mind automatically calms down. Right. And yeah, we know that deep breathing, I, I mean, I don't know if you looked into my work at all, but, but, but we know that deep breathing is the one thing that we have access to that controls what's known as our polyvagal system, our, our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. And the, when we breathe calmly, it's sending a message to, to the whole nervous system, hey, everything's cool. And, and so, I mean, that is, it's a fundamental technique that, you know, of course, has been taught for thousands of years. And it's interesting to hear that that's, that's, that's um, something that works really well for you. Um, do you. Do you really face much conflict in your business? A lot. Oh, really? a, a lot. I mean, I don't know how, how to compare it to anybody else's, but um, there's a fire a day um, <laughs> that where p- people are wanting to quit or there's some oh. serious issues or there's a lawsuit or yeah, that's just, and not every single business, but with, with what I do, there's something that you know, is red alert to somebody once, once a day. And you're the, you're the guy they turn to to put out the fire. Yeah. So eventually, so the cool thing is that not, not everything gets to me, but the worst things do. Of course. And that's the way it should be. Yep. I mean, you, I mean, you want, you want people to be able to make decisions along the way and have the authority and agency to do that. So you don't get bogged down on all the minutia and only the, the big deal stuff makes it, makes it to your attention. Exactly. Interesting. So, so listening is a powerful skill. Breathing is a powerful skill. Dealing with conflict is sort of an everyday thing you've got to deal with. Um, do you, are you doing much coaching with your, with the people that you're in business with? I mean, your, your partners and the leadership teams, are you coaching them and helping them get better? I try and, and I try not to, to force it on them because they're my partners and one of my partners is my brother. And so there's those relationships that where, and I'm learning a lot from them also. There's, there's a lot that I have to learn from them from pretty much everybody around me. Um, but I'll have moments and especially with what's going on right now, I'll try to put in a thought or two of how I think things should have been handled or how I might have handled them or, um, but the coaching aspect of what I do is is more with um, people outside of my business. So because I don't want my partners to feel like they're being coached, but I do try to rub off on them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like it's 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 a bit of a balancing act that you have to work with. Exactly right. Wow. Well, um, one more question, and, and we'll we'll bring this to a close. If tell me one thing about yourself that nobody would know about unless you revealed it. 
let's see. So I, when, when I was really little, I, um, I hated taking naps. And so I was probably maybe four years old. So old enough where I could get around and get into some trouble. My mom sent me into a room to take a nap and I was bored and I was hell bent on figuring out how to get out of that room and you got out of my nap. And I found a pencil, an old school pencil with like, you know, the rubber eraser on the end. Right. And, uh, I started messing with the pencil. I ended up shoving it up my nose. I pulled it out and I realized, Hey, this pencil looks a little different than when I put oh, it in there. Eraser. <laughs> the eraser stuck up there. I went and told my mom, Hey, uh, I got a eraser stuck. She's like, get back in your room. I know what you're doing. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, come look. Anyway, I ended up having to go to a hospital to get that removed. So <laughs> that doesn't come up very much in conversation. <laughs> Great story. Well, Alan, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, a fascinating, fascinating story. And uh, I know that everyone who's listening is just going to be agog at, at the work that you're doing. So thank you so much. And, My pleasure. So before we go, if people need to, if people wanted to reach out to you, where would they go? How would they find you? Um, I'm very active on social media, especially on Instagram. I'm Alan R. Draper. Really easy to find. Um, also I have a website, alandraper.com. A lot of entrepreneurs, business owners go there, uh, schedule an appointment. I do 15 minute sessions with people just see if it's a good fit. And if there's anything, a piece of advice or two, I can help with their, with their business. Um, and you said you have two podcasts. I have two podcasts. That's right. Thanks for the reminder. Um, the one that would be most applicable to these, uh, to your listeners is the business growth pod on all major platforms. And, and, and that, what do you do on that podcast? What's your topic and who's your audience? So I'm speaking to entrepreneurs that are within six six, uh, months prior to starting their business up until a couple of years after starting their uh, businesses. And we talk about uh, a lot of the common issues and hurdles and how to overcome those. And is that something where you're just monologuing or do you have guests? Um, I'll do maybe once a quarter, a, a solo episode. The rest of them, I have guests. Wow. Okay. Well, great, man. You sound like uh, you've got a plate full of good stuff going on. <laughs> I appreciate that. Th- thanks for showing up. Yeah, absolutely. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.com. Doug Noll, D-O-U-G-N-O-L-L dot com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listening with leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Knoll. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.